Welcome to Meet an African Pastor podcast. This is Anthony Seitzma, a Resonate Global Mission missionary in Uganda. And I'm here with Solomon today from Liberia. It's good to meet you, Solomon. Uh, can you share a little bit about yourself? Tell us about your family, uh, where you live, uh, what church you're pastoring, uh, we'd, well, your full name. We'd love to hear all those things from you. Thank you so much, Anthony, for the opportunity to be on this podcast. My name is Reverend Solomon O. Davis. I was born and raised in the Republic of Liberia. Um, I'm married to Vida, and we have uh, six children. And these children, all of them are not our biological, but in Africa, we have our relative children also staying with us at home. And I live in Liberia. I serve with the Christian Reformed Church in Liberia as the national leader. Uh, the title is the president, national president of the Christian Reformed Church in Liberia. And the Christian Reformed Church in Liberia was the result of our Timothy leadership training uh, that started up in Liberia uh, years back that was being uh, spearheaded by a mission agency that was also working with called the Peace on Earth International Evangelistic Association, had an agreement with our Timothy leadership training. And then we started to be able to go ahead with um, TLT in Liberia. After some time, uh, the consultant from Sierra Leone in person of Estefanos V. Bahago uh, decided to encourage me and the rest of the team members about how we could begin our, our ministries of the Christian Reform Church in Liberia. So, it was all against that background, and then we started off. And presently, the church in Sierra Leone was able to send uh, Maurice Sony, who was serving in the Cape Man area, uh, had a school, and he started minister to the children, all of that. And today, we all working together. The church is moving. We are still into the church planting stage, and many new churches are coming up. And we bless God so much for what He's doing through the work that we are doing also in Liberia. Uh, thank you so much for that good introduction. I just want to pick on uh, one part of your, your sharing there. Uh, you were talking about the number of children. You said that uh, you have children from your relatives. This is something I think a lot of North Americans uh, don't realize about many different African families. Is uh, It's pretty normal to have uh, relatives, children staying with you. Can you tell us more about that? Uh, do you, why are they staying with you, and and how are they viewed by by you and your wife, and how are they viewed by the community? Do they view them as as your own children, or anyway, just tell us more about that. It's good for the North Americans listening to to hear more about that. Yes, our, uh, it's it's is a normal situation in Liberia um, and many parts of Africa. Uh, when you have, uh, when God bless you and you have a little hand and an opportunity to be able to make life better, sometimes some of your uh, siblings, your sisters or brothers who have many, many children will ask you if you could take some of them to be your own. And we raise some of those children as our own children. And most time they, they bear your family name and all of that. Uh, in some cases, some of them might bear their own parents' name. But with my case, uh, they still have their parents' name with them and all of that. But they are still my children. And 
the community and everyone view them as children, um, as my own children. So that's how I work out. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, let's get into your uh, testimony. Can you share with us how do you first came to know Jesus as your Savior? Well, I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior through the Evangelical Congregational Church. And at that time, my father used to pastor the United Armstrong Easy Church that was a part of the Congregational Church. So usually uh, he was a lot of, I was raised in a Christian home and brought up as a Christian. And then uh, we went on a camp where in, uh, they were able to minister to us from that youth camp. And I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal savior. It was from that youth camp uh, I received Christ as my Lord and personal savior. Though I was raised in a Christian home, but at that time I, I, I really don't, I really never had that relationship until I, was, I had the opportunity to be a part of that youth camp. It, it, the camp was called, it was a program called Child Evangelism Ministry. They had a camp. So during the vacation, we went and spent like one week on the camp formation. There where we were taught uh, the word of God, the plan of salvation and all of that. Yeah. And tell us more about uh, the situation of the church in Liberia. Are there a lot of Christians in Liberia or few? Um, tell us more about that. Oh. You, you are looking at uh, the Librarian case scenario or specifically the Christian Reform Church that I serve with? No, just uh, churches in general of any kind. Oh, okay. Of course, Liberia uh, is, is a very glorious opportunity that we are located in a place that Christianity are, seems to be moving. Um, there are many churches in Liberia, uh, but right now, many of those churches have move away from um, the real teaching of the word of God and move towards uh, prosperity gospel. And many of them are running after signs and wonders uh, to different places and all of that. So uh, if you were asking whether there are many, many Christians in Liberia, uh, I would say yes. And I would also say no, because we see people who call themselves Christians and still going to, to sorcerers and all kinds of different Though there are many churches, if you if you came to Liberia to visit with us, and we are driving through, you will see many many churches in Liberia. But the Church of Liberia is not actually moving; it's not actually aggressive as it should be. Many things have been compromised, and people of the trend of positions are quite different. Some are not in line with the Word of God and all of that. And most especially with the wave of prosperity gospel and traditions. Uh, actually on the increase yeah all right uh we'll come back to those issues of the prosperity gospel uh later that would be good to get into a little bit but before that uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your ministry what is your role as a pastor what kinds of things do you do each week um, what do you really enjoy about being a pastor just tell us more about what what your life looks like as a pastor where I'm not personally pastoring a church uh, because my responsibility as the national leader of the Christian Reformed Church. Okay. 
Okay, go ahead, Solomon. Yes, uh, as I mentioned, I am the national president of the Christian Reform Churches in Liberia. And my role and responsibility is to be able to provide encouragement to the pastors in a different congregation to also ensure that um, the pastors are doing what they're supposed to be doing at their various local churches. And as national leaders of the, of the Christian Reformed Church, I also oversee uh, national events like our, our convention, the mission conferences, uh, our synod, and all of that. Uh, those are things that I also do. Uh, during the week time, I'm also a lecturer at the Moriva Baba College, where I'm also teaching at the college. I teach uh, church planting too as well. At the college, I also teach psychology uh, at the college too as well. So I also serve with the, the Moriva Baba College that is a learning institution that is training pastors and church workers in Liberia. Uh, with respect to our mission office, the Christian Reform Church office in Morovia, I spend some time at the office planning, praying, and encouraging leaders at different levels and visiting those churches to ensure. I also play a role to encourage our new church planters that are coming to, to the ministry and all of that to ensure that we can be able to succeed and plant the church in the right direction. So those are things I'm involved with during the week. Yeah, so you're not a pastor of a local church, but it sounds like you're a pastor of other pastors, which is great, caring for them and, and guiding them yeah, sure. and teaching them. Yeah, I was, I was pastoring before I resumed the office of the national president of Christian Reform Church. I used to pastor the church at Dubo Road. Yeah, and that church was uh, Dubo Road uh, Evangelical Church. I used to pastor that church. I pastored the church for like five years before I resumed our responsibility with the Christian Reform Church as the national leader. So tell us more about the Christian Reformed Church in Liberia. How many churches do you have in total? And like, so how many leaders are you overseeing? The, the leadership component of the Christian Reformed Church, we are 16 person and I make them 17 that make up the national leadership of the church. Uh, that is a different segment, different department at different um, regional areas and that. But the Christian Reform Church itself, we have seven churches, seven churches that is our, our own uh, policy issue says, if a congregation reaches 50 membership, then we can call you a church. So we have like seven churches with about 11 preaching point. We call those places preaching point because those are new church planning work that is ongoing. And sometimes the membership is not yet at the level of 50. You know, different denominations have their own way of handling uh, the situation. Some people will say, hey, if you reach 25, you're already a congregation, which could be true in some other area. But until we can change, our policy says, if a church reaches 50 membership, we can be able to inaugurate you as a church. So we have seven churches and all of those churches were not existing churches. Those churches came into existence as a result of the church plant work that is currently ongoing in Liberia. As you as you are doing the church planting, is that how you also find new pastors? Do they do the new pastors come from the new Christians in that area, or do you recruit pastors from Bible colleges that then join you? 
How do you yeah, we, how do you find your pastors? We, we do recruit pastors. Uh, at first, when we started, we great person that we have are up to some full pastors that have a bachelor degree in theology that also serving with the mission, and some of them are graduate of the Monroe Bible College, where I'm also working. And uh, these these pastors are working with the Christian Reformed Church to here. And then we have all the new pastors where we provide an opportunity called the Seminary Advantage. And the Seminary Advantage program is a, is a training program where we train new uh, pastors that are coming to the mission through that program for one year. And we give them certificate in what we call pastoral theology. So with that, we are able to assign them to those places. But some of them are just referred to as evangelists or church planters. We commission some of them to be a church planter at the moment. So when they go through the one year of training into pastoral theology, uh, which of course is a church that organized that program because we don't have all of the resources to send those pastors to seminary. So we provide an opportunity that they can be able to learn uh, basic things like our humanities, humanities, uh, church history, Old Testament survey, New Testament survey, uh, church planting and other kind of thing. We offer those uh, core courses at the, the level of the, the seminary and this program. So it's based upon after upon graduation, then we commission you. So the church also run that program. Okay, that sounds good. Um, tell us a little bit about the types of challenges that your pastors face and how do you, as you're caring for them, how do you help them through those challenges? Well, the challenges uh, pastors are faced with nowadays, they are multiple. And some of the challenges brings from transportation, like uh, most especially our church planters, some of them have to go to places, stay there for some time. And then uh, even the transportation to even move about is a very big problem. And some of our churches are still uh, squatting, which means uh, some of the facilities that we use, we are not the owner. Um, but uh, it's a place sometimes we, we lease for some time while we're looking for our own land to those locations. And sometimes we have to be able to meet in people's homes like uh, for the new church plan work and things. So, so the challenges are numerous because we are in our, our, our development stage. So when we meet at our mission conference, we raise some money and then that is how we are able to help our church. That's how we are operating. And you mentioned also the challenge of the prosperity gospel before. You know that one is common in the United States, also, and it's common here in Uganda. How are your churches responding to that challenge of the false teachings of the prosperity gospel? Well, this this is something that um, has reached its highest peak, and many many persons are running after uh, such a teaching. So we will try to be dif different, coming from our own. Uh, evangelical position, uh, we, we try to be different. So as a result, uh, with respect to growth and membership of a church moving very fast in terms of numerical uh, issue, it is very, very slow. Because uh, we, 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 we try to disciple people then to just uh, be able to uh, uh, make them the feel and think that uh, when you come to know God, everything just gonna be okay. And that is why they want to hear nowadays and because not every church is into that direction. 
So in terms of growth and numerically, it is something that we are moving gradually, not as fast as is expected with the guys within the deal of the prosperity gospel. Because when you get when they when when people come to them, they have a whole lot of stories to tell them. Either they have to prophesy on them, say a lot of words, nice things, and all the kind of thing that, that get them happy to always keep it up. Yeah. And like so, like you asked about mm -hmm. even in some of our local congregations, uh, some of the people there they are not trained uh, in terms of uh, that oversee some of the ministry activities. They are not trained in some of the places I, I we call some of the people, the forgotten people, most especially into our village church planting program. We see we get to some places we don't see school, so the challenges are numerous. So with the prosperity gospel, do you think? It's uh, issues of poverty that are driving people to listen to those prosperity preachers? Yes, it, it is poverty is the online fight. Poverty is the online fight. Yeah. So what what kind of what kind of hope is is are your churches offering the poor, you know, instead of the instead of the false promises of these other people you were mentioning? Well, uh, our Christian Reform Church in Liberia is, is doing better in that area, most especially places where our church is at. We try to teach the Bible and encourage people to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ than just uh, thinking and feeling that uh, every month you must have a new uh, prophecy from the pastor before you make it through the time and all of that. Because uh, these prosperity preachers, they will always have different stories at different times and with different issues. So for us, we, we are involved with more with training, more with training, to teach our people more with training. So that's what we are doing. And our people are getting it, those who are with us, they are actually getting it. So, and based upon that, uh, we, we, we organize something called the Every Committed for Christ. That is, uh, each one will always be an, an evangelist to be able to, to bring more souls to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we also do that through our own cell group, the cell ministries that we have, the home ministry, because there are some members who live far away. You can have organized um, a Bible studies that we do also call with the Discovery Bible studies. We also do that into our different uh, churches and ministry. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned prophecy. Uh, I, I work with a lot of Pentecostals and prophecy is a common part of church life among Pentecostal denominations. Um, in Liberia, in the Christian Reformed Church, uh, is prophecy something that is there in the, in the life of the church or uh, it's more focused on, more focused on, on the Bible? Yes, uh, the Christian Reformed Church, we are more focused on the Bible, the word of God. Uh, prophecy is in scripture, it's inscribed in scripture. And, but uh, which is more uh, more like exciting and which speaks about the last things and all of that. We also have teaching on that. Well, it's referred to as Bible prophecy. It's not the prophecy uh, many of these men do nowadays around as though there is something new that is happening. Mm -hmm. Are there any other distinctives you would say about your church compared to a lot of the Pentecostal and independent churches that are are common throughout Africa? Well, uh, one, one, one distinctive that we have, uh, 
we always do our best to show love uh, uh, within the community where we, we exist as a church. And as a church family, we see ourselves as one. And we, we shared our, our, our needs and we shared our prayer concern with one another that we can grow together in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, what, we've looked at some of the, the challenges facing pastors and churches in Liberia, but let's uh, turn that around. And what are some of the real strengths of Liberian churches in general, or you can talk specifically about the, the Christian Reformed churches in Liberia. What are some of the real strengths of the churches that you see? Well, I think it's, it's a blessing for Liberia as a nation that we can worship uh, freely and we have no tension behind us. And we can be able to, we can be able to invite uh, other pastors, like minor pastors from different churches to come and speak at your church and all of that, that you guys are on the same path with respect to the same faith and all of that. So uh, pastors and leaders also work together in Liberia. They also have their Liberia Council of Churches that uh, different denominations are part of that Council of Churches, even though there are others who say independent. And then we also have our the Pentecostal Charismatic guys on the other side. And they have their, their, their group called the Four Gospel and all the different pieces. But uh, with respect to closeness and unity uh, that we expect from, from churches and leaders, except you are part of a particular organization before you can be, but to, to just have that kind of unity among uh, the body of Christ, we're still praying to get there because everybody wants to have their own thing. That sounds really good. Yeah, that kind of unity is what we all need to strive for. Uh, tell us a bit more about the country of Liberia. I, I, I'm just, I wanted to backtrack a bit to that because I'm thinking some of the listeners might hear Liberia and just think of violent history and maybe they don't know much else about the country now. Uh, what, what can you tell us about the, the culture and the country of Liberia for the listeners to understand? Well, Liberia is the country uh located on the west coast of Africa. Um, our country is much more blessed um, because um, we are free. Liberia received its independence in 1847, our true um, American Liberians as we call them. And our history, our root is from the United States uh, during the event of the era of slavery. So, and because of these people settled here, we gained independence very early. But since independence up to now, we have gone through a lot of things in this country. Liberia, we experienced uh, 40 years of civil war conflict, civil unrest. And we often say that the war was very senseless because we were killing one another, um, getting out each other travel group will go against this other travel group. And that war lasted for so long um, people, it is believed that the war was a result of the, the then president Samuel Kayando was targeting uh, a particular tribal group. Uh, and then because of that, they too decided to go on the screen. But the war in Liberia was spearheaded by Charles Taylor, who is now a prisoner, is now in prison uh, for war crime court or war crimes. 
not with Liberia, but uh, he, he spilled over to Sierra Leone with the Sinkan uh, ideology. So he's presently uh, in, in jail. Uh, presently, we have a, a, a footballer who is now our president. He, he is a former world best. Uh, he won an African best, world best, European best, and he's President George Weir. Uh, before President George Weir, Liberia experienced the first historical setting to have a female president who was Ellen Johnson Salif. And that is how we have been. The country is peaceful. Uh, sometimes the way how uh, outsider might be able to perceive the country, Liberia is a very free country. The country is very peaceful. It's just like uh, the economy, and as it might be everywhere around the world, uh, it's been challenged. That's all. And mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's really helpful history. And let's bring it to the the present. You you're talking about the relationship with the United States. I'm just interested to know. Um, I, you know, I've never been to Liberia. How do people today in Liberia view? Americans, American culture. Um, yeah, <laughs> how do they view our culture? Do they do they like the music and the films and those kinds of things? Is there a lot of uh, relationship still between the U.S. and Liberia? Yes, very strong tie, very strong relationship between the U.S. and Liberia, and. Many, many of the things you also see in the United States in terms of culture, they are also spread over in Liberia. Even the kind of music our, our children listen to, uh, the kind of interaction, the way we greet one another, is the same old thing you, you also experience even in the US. So uh, Liberian uh, see themselves as uh, American, in other words, if I will put that. Because the culture, the American culture is actually embedded in this country. Is there any conflict between that kind of sense of American culture with uh, traditional culture? There used to be conflict before, but uh, tradition is not much more as, as very strong as it is because we have seen a lot of people getting education and all of that. So I'm not, I, don't, I, I don't want to be hasty to say that tradition is being away, but they, they, they are operating at a lower or level now than what it used to be. Because before then, there were, uh, there were two schools that used to be in Liberia before a formal education came, was the poor school and the Sunday school. So the poor was for men to go and how learn how to take care of their family and all of that. And then the Sunday, the ladies will go, but they, they have a whole lot of things they do there. Um, and, 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 and I can't go into the detail because I haven't been there, but there's a whole lot of things they do. And some of them are evil and all of that, yeah. Okay, let, let me switch gears a, a bit. And uh, one of the reasons for this podcast is to help North Americans learn from our brothers and sisters in Christ who are in Africa. According to you, what are some good things that North Americans can learn from churches and Christians in Liberia? One of the good things that North American can learn. I, I don't usually see uh, Americans eat together in the same pan. And you, you can learn that also from Liberia. You could go for the conference even in Liberia and see two pastors or leaders eating from the same bowl and there is no problem. 
Mm-hmm. Anything else that you want to share about that? About other other things that we can learn from from how the churches run, how people worship, uh, how people live, that the North American church can learn from? Yeah, I'll into into our our, our different churches as we meet um, for worship. Uh, we we are always concerned about people and who may have problem into the local congregation. Like on a Sunday, we will organize a, a team, a group of people who will that very Sunday go and visit that person. And even when something happens to so that person, the church will be with them up and down. So those are things that um, Liberian churches also do that are just wonderful. Uh, we always share uh, our problems, our grief and everything together. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, we're coming to the end of our time here, but I want to conclude with uh, two things. Um, is there any other encouragement that you would like to share with the listeners in North America? And then second, uh, please share a few prayer requests for for yourself or for your denomination so that the listeners can be praying for you? Well, uh, I'm so excited for this uh, interview. Um, uh, first of all, let me share uh, my excitement about uh, our engagement today. I think if this was divinely orchestrated by God that we can be able to interact and that you could also have the heart to be able to flag Liberia into your, your podcast. Um, our prayer request as a church, as a denomination, we want you to pray along with us, um, most especially for our churches, our different churches, that God will be able to provide for them. Uh, many of them are, are squatting on properties that is not actually belonging to the church. And then also we want you to pray for our church planters. They are also in the field. We also want you to pray for, for more souls to be saved, that many people can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, yeah. So also we want to encourage um, everybody or any other person to come and visit with the mission in Liberia and see what we are doing. And with that, they can also pray along with us. That's great. Thank you for sharing those requests. Uh, This has been a great conversation, Solomon. It's good to learn about Liberia, learn about the Christian Reformed Church there. Thank you for the work that you're doing. And it's uh, been a pleasure. We'll talk again soon. Thank you.